Welcome back, Matadors pregame. Dave Serrano joins us. Matadors going for the series win against Cal State Fullerton here on a Sunday afternoon. Split doubleheader yesterday, Coach. Let's start with the positive stuff. Man, Lizick and Jeremy Hassel only gave you five innings, but they were five good innings, and that's that's great for you. You know, it, it was fabulous for us. They both uh, pitched their tails off. They did what they're, what they're capable of doing, and that starts with throwing strikes. Neither one of them are are overpowering guys. Jeremy has a little bit better fastball than, than Gavin does. Um, but I, I was, you know, that's how you, that's where success is built is if you, if you get your starting pitchers um, deeper in the game and the score is low and then you give it off to the bullpen. But I, I was extremely happy and my decision to get both of them out more uh, talking more of the Gavin Lizick was a plan. It was a plan that didn't end up working out the way we wanted it to. Uh, even though the game was tight till the end and we didn't win extra innings, um, it wasn't about how he was doing, and I explained that to him. I took, took him out. It was my plan going in, knowing Gavin for the two years now and pitching him. Um, it's been from the fifth inning on is when he's really struggled. So I wanted to get him, and he's a guy that we wanted to continue to build confidence, and that's what I see. He pitched well last weekend against Riverside. He pitched well this weekend, and I want to get him out on a high note so we can continue to build him as we go forward. But that's where it starts with us, and that's why I think people have been seeing better baseball as our pitching has turned the corner tremendously, and, and it's about the, 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 the lack of walks and hit batters that we saw early on in the year. You know, you're the third straight like pitching guy I've really worked with, Coach, so I, I, I really get the emphasis, especially at this level, how much of pitching is mental, you know? And it works both ways. You know, a guy, there are guys at this level who throw 95 and never get, you know, never get drafted. You had a couple guys you mentioned. Maybe they don't have the velocity. What's the key to a, you know, to a Lizic, to a Hassel? What's the key to their success? You know, is it, is it mechanical? Is it, is, it, is it a mental approach, changing speeds? Is it a bunch of those things? Well, you're talking to a pitching coach that's done this for a long time that uh, I've never been a mechanical guy. I'm not saying that people that are wrong. I think mechanics is done in practice, in dry mechanics that we do every day. But I think when you get 60 feet, 6 inches on the mound, it's about the mental approach of trusting your stuff, not giving hitters too much credit. I talk about this all the time, is that great hitters that are in the Hall of Fame in Major League Baseball are failing 70% of the time. Sometimes we give hitters too much credit. Good pitching is about changing speeds, but the easy formula is put a little on take a little off and at the end of the day it's getting outs it's getting outs that I don't care if you throw 100 I don't care if you throw 80 miles an hour it's getting outs and finding a way to get those outs and so I think it's more of a I think it's about repeatability with your mechanics and I think it's about rhythm and I think when you have those things you're able to build confidence to get guys out one question I want to ask you without breaching any privacy protocol how's Denzel doing Denzel's doing good he's in the lineup today uh, I checked in with him last night uh, he got hit pretty hard um, I saw a little bit of repercussions when he was running the bases yeah. late in the game. So I checked in with him last night. He said, Coach, I'm good to go. Uh, it was a little sore, but he said, I'm fine. I'm moving it good. So that was a that was a, a bright spot to hear that last night. And then I checked with him again this morning, and he gave me the thumbs up on the, the emoji thumbs up uh, mm-hmm. on the text back to me. And, and so he's in the lineup today, and that's a good thing for the doors. The last couple of th- times I've talked with you, the focus has been on kind of the younger guys. I'm talking about a couple of the older guys. How big a lift has Jason Newman given you guys since coming back? Not just with the bat. Obviously, he's been very productive with the bat. Just his presence seems to make all you guys a little looser. Well, he's a great hitter, as you know. And uh, But the presence, I think, is, some, is the key word you said right there. I had just shared in the office yesterday morning with my staff 
that I think this team relaxes more when uh, Jason Newman's in, in the lineup. I think our team will relax more when Sean Skelly gets back in the lineup. I mean, those are two key cogs to our lineup that we've had in and out throughout this year. That's not an excuse. That's what happens in baseball. You have injuries that happen. But you're, you're hit the nail on the, on the head is that I think our team relaxes more because we have a presence in the middle of our order now. And I think the presence goes to the other side of the field, too. Every time Jason Newman comes to the plate, oh, my gosh, this guy could hit it over the trees. And I know as a pitching coach, when those guys come up, you try to pitch a little differently, and it kind of gets your pitchers off, off uh, target sometimes. We haven't talked a lot about this guy, and that's that's on me. Um, Ty Moody's been incredibly consistent. He's hit in 21 of 23 games that you've played. He struggled towards the end of the year last year, and he came out like gangbusters this year. I believe he's still over 400. Give me a little bit about what he brings to you. Toughness, consistency, energy. Um, I, I don't know if there's any words that I could say that are more glamorous for him. I'd say if the season ended today, he's been our MVP. Uh He's our energy bunny. He gets us going. Um, he does it the right way. I think the thing last year with Kai that I've seen such a big improvement where he started out like gangbusters and then he tailed off, Kai plays with a lot of emotion, and I think he's curtailed that emotion more this year. Kai, think, Kai thinks he should get a hit every at-bat. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to be able to handle that, and he's done a much better job of handling that. He is one guy in that lineup, and we have a few guys like this, but he's one guy that – I'm pretty confident every time he's in there that he may not get a hit every time, but he's going to give you a great at-bat every time, and he's going to do something every time. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because he's been, you know, and then there's another guy. We talked about Junior Ruiz last yeah, night, yeah. yesterday. He is, here's a guy who's played first base, second base, left field, right field, center field. He's done a lot of things. So he can have every excuse in the book where he's not getting consistency, but all that guy does is play hard every day. All right, then we were talking a little bit off the mic. Let's go through the pitching. So in the first game, you take Lizick out after five, and it doesn't work out. In the second game, you lift Jeremy after five, and it does work out. Elias Haregi comes and gives you a couple of good innings. Take me through both those decisions real quick. I know you had prescribed Lizick was only going to go through the order twice. Tillman came in and got hit a little bit, and then you were able to get Jackson in to kind of slow it down. Yeah, and that was the plan. That was the plan. The plan That wasn't the plan that was supposed to play out. The plan was that... I was going to follow Lizick after five. I was, I was hoping he'd give us five. He gave us five great innings. I mean, it was he was at 64 pitch count, so it wasn't about the pitch count, no walks. He pitched like Gavin Lizick supposed to pitch, and I saw a little bit of that the weekend before against Riverside. But I just felt, again, as I said, I'll repeat myself, is that he in the history of him, it's that third time through the order that he starts to have a little of problems, and we're still trying to develop his breaking ball, and I think that'll allow him to go deeper into games. It's just Tillman, Tillman, it wasn't his day. He, his command wasn't good. He gave us some hits. Um, but we were still tied late in the game. And yep. Jackson Cunningham was fabulous again. He comes in, bases loaded, no outs, and he puts up a one, and which was I thought was a great one, which allowed us to get back in the game. And then with Hassel, to be honest with you, in his first start, uh, I was hoping to get three out of him and then piece it together after that. But he kept... He just kept forcing me to run him back out there. And then when he got to five, I could tell his pitch count wasn't extremely high, but it had pitched, he had pitched more than he had pitched uh, probably in his career here. So I had a short lease, and I had talked to Tave Anderford, who handles our bullpen stuff with our pitchers, and we had about five guys on the list, and we had 12 outs to go. So I said, I want you to get those guys up, and I want, I want them to know that between those five guys, they need to get 12 outs for us to get the victory. And that, that's what happened in game two. I don't regret my decision with Gavin because that was my plan at the start. It just didn't work out with Tillman wasn't on like I expected him to be on. All right, Coach, thanks. Good luck. Thank you. That's Dave Serrano right back after this.